Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm your host, Keith Smith. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Trevor Lane. We are part of the CLNS Media Network, and we're also brought to you by Lakers Nation. We are continuing on with our season previews here as we get into it. We've got a handful of teams left to go. We're going to knock out three more of them today, two East teams and a West team. And one of those East teams might be the league's favorite, Trevor, the Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to be the team we're going to hit first. And uh, Milwaukee coming off a really better than expected season I guess last year than, than anybody really thought for them and the, they went all the way to the uh, East um, finals and then lost to the Toronto Raptors no shame in that the eventual NBA champions Giannis the MVP and they kind of brought some guys back loaded up a little bit so we're going to dive into all of that with you as a reminder we are brought to you by betonline.ag this is the time of year to get in there and start getting your bets in we're going to talk about NBA over-unders for these teams as well as NFL, baseball playoffs are going on, WNBA finals coming up here. So all sorts of stuff you can get in there. So if you are so inclined, betonline.ag, and they will hook you up. We're going to tell you a little bit later how you can add a little bit of money to your account if you uh, go through us here using our promo code. So Trevor, are you ready to go and talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks? I am ready to talk a bit about the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm play- if you guys are watching the live stream on this, I'm playing around with the, with the image. Keith, your image for some reason just randomly got blown up. So everybody got an extreme close-up hey. Wayne's World style of, of right. Keith Smith there. But uh, that's but, uh, what everybody wants. On that, that's night. what everybody is here for. Uh, yeah, look, this is going to be a ton of fun. I'm excited about these teams. Uh, well, more excited about some of these teams than, than others. But the Milwaukee Bucks, certainly a great way to start it off, especially when you've got the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So uh, why don't we just dive right into it, Keith? What uh, what do the Bucks do this summer? What's their their outlook? Yeah, so for first thing, we like to go through who they added, who they lost. Let's start out with the guys who left town. The most impactful guy, Malcolm Brogdon. They're starting two guard and, in effect, their backup point guard behind Eric Bledsoe as well. He left for the Indiana Pacers via sign-and-trade, uh, Milwaukee and Indiana's ownership. Kind of cool, the, the neither ownership group felt like going through the whole restricted free agent process of yeah, signing off or she wait a few days to match and all that. So they got together on sign and trade. It made that work. They also lost then a couple guys who were kind of key rotation players at various points. Nikola Mirotic chose to head back overseas to Spain. And then Tony Snell, who they traded to the Detroit Pistons, who's one of those teams we're going to talk about a little bit later. And then they lost uh, some role player guy, end of the bench guys, Tim Frazier, Paul Gasol, uh, Gasol never really had any kind of impact with with Milwaukee. He was hurt for almost the entirety of his time there. And then Bonzi Colson, one of their two-way players. But what they did this summer was they retained some key guys and then they added some bench depth around those those key guys. So Eric Bledsoe, not really an off-season move because that, that extension happened in season last year, but that extension kicks in with this season. Then they re-signed Chris Middleton, just less than the max for Middleton. Burke Lopez got a big contract four years. Then what they did to start rebuilding that bench was they brought in his brother, Robin Lopez. He's going to come in and back him up. They're even talking about playing them together a little bit on occasion which is yeah we'll see <laughs> i don't know how you're gonna really i don't know which guys out out on the perimeter they'll just have wonder twin case. powers out there that's the reason 
Yeah, it must be something like that. Uh, Wesley Matthews, who is likely to move into that starting two guard spot, at least at this point, that's what it's looking like. And then a couple flyers for the bench. Yana, one of Giannis's younger brothers, the Nassus Antetokounmpo, was signed. Dragon Bender, Phoenix Suns, uh, superstar draft pick. <laughs> this is a guy I was, <laughs> I was super high on him at one point. Hey, <laughs> super. He has a superstar name. At least we can yeah, we right? can give him that. He's got a great name. Uh, but yeah, it didn't work out with the Phoenix Suns and, and another Antetokounmpo brother. Go nepotism. Yeah, man. right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and your guys have the other one. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw John, John Corrales treated out something funny. It looks like there's like this picture from Media Day where it looks like he's in a cage. And oh, he said is? something like, "Like it's it technically not tampering to kidnap and hold his brother <laughs> for an entire year." So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then, uh, then to fill out the roster, Frank Mason the third, who was with the Sacramento Kings, is coming in on a two-way. Cam Reynolds, who's bounced around the league on some ten days in the like, coming in on a two-way. And then their camp guys, Jalen Adams, who had been with the Hawks on a two-way, is one of the camp invites. Luke May of North Carolina, and then Ray John Tucker, who's a guy that turned some heads in summer league. So the Bucks kind of making some moves. They, they, have, they have at least a starting spot to fill with Brogdon heading out of town, and then they redid, remade their bench in, in a very different way. So, uh, you know, it's we'll, we'll obviously do our thumbs up, thumbs down later yeah. as we get into it. But, but I think Milwaukee, it's I, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on it because I think to some extent you had to keep as much of the team together, but I think the Brogdon loss is going to be really, really big. Yeah, that that was my big question mark when I was looking at this team as I was researching for this show. I kept coming back to that: how big of a loss is Brogdon? And, and I feel like the answer is is at least it's not a it's not a small loss by any means. No. I think it's a fairly major loss. Um, I mean, I guess you you had to bring back Middleton. You had to do so. You had to bring back Brooke Lopez. They had to do the things that they did. And maybe Brogdon was a luxury they just couldn't afford. But it makes me wonder is this Bucks team more vulnerable than last season's Bucks? And did they actually take a little bit of a step back by losing Brogdon? I don't know that bringing in like a, a Robin Lopez mitigates that at all. As much as I like Robin Lopez and I love the idea of having uh, Robin sure. Lopez and Brooke Lopez together, I don't know if the pieces that they added this summer can really make up for what they lost. Yeah, that, that's the tough, tough part. And I, and I neglected, I forgot to mention George Hill. They re-signed right, him yes, as well. Yes. He was another player. So his was a little bit different. Why was why I forgot to put him on the list because he wasn't a straight re-signing. They actually waived him, ate the million dollar mm-hmm. cap hit on waiving him and then signed him to a new contract. Otherwise, he would have been on the books for $18 million, which is as much as George Hill killed it in the playoffs, nobody's paying him $18 million to be a backup guard. But, but yeah, the Brogdon loss, this is a 50 50- 40-90 guy last year. He was their secondary ball handler a lot on the regular offense. He's a good ball mover. He's a, He was really, until Hill got there, he was a backup point guard to Bledsoe. So I think that's really important as well to, to note. So it's that, that you can't overstate that loss. Now, there are some who feel he wasn't worth the 20 plus million he got from the Pacers, and that may be fair. Maybe he's not worth that, and maybe he's that's a lot to pay for a guy who's sure. probably, if you're a contender, needs to be your third or fourth best player mm-hmm. um, here. And, I, and maybe Milwaukee feels like, all right, well, we're going in a little bit of a different direction here. We can get Wesley Matthews in, more of a 3D guy. Middleton's got the other wing spot held down for us, and that that's the direction. But I do, I do think they'll feel that Brogdon loss, especially since Bledsoe's not a guy who's always healthy. Now, neither was Brogdon. He missed considerable time last season. But – 
it's just it's one last steps piece piece out the door, which that made re-signing Hill all that much more important because I think Hill can play alongside uh, Bledsoe on those nights. Let's just say Matthews. What, what if he doesn't have it? He yeah, doesn't have it left, which is very they possible made, at this point. Absolutely, yeah. He's you know an older guy. Didn't look great for chunks of last season, so may, maybe uh, Hill slides in there and starts playing that, and and that could be one of those things where the Bucks will address in season if they need to. Yeah, I mean, they are, there are still moves that they can make in season. They'll certainly be a destination for buyout players if somebody gets bought out. Hey, you've got Giannis, you've got the, the reigning MVP, you've got a really good shot of coming out of the East. So they're going to be an attractive destination for players yep. who get bought out from other teams. Somebody gets waived, whatever. You know, we talk all about Andre Iguodala being the big name, but there are other names that are going to pry yep. their way free of, of whatever team they're with. But still, you know, looking at this team, I, I like what they've got together. I, I guess the question is, how much does Wesley Matthews have left? How much does George Hill have left? Kyle Korver, that's another one that can come in and, and shoot for them. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like they're kind of locked into this roster, though. And not that that's a bad thing, because I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the East. But when push comes to shove, do they have the versatility or do they have the flexibility to go ahead and make a, the kind of move that can push them over the top in the Eastern Conference. Say say the 76ers look dominant this season. Can the Bucks make the big move to kind of keep up with them? I don't know if they have that built in here. I, it's, a, it's a big question mark for me. Yeah, no, it's, and it's a very fair question mark because as far as you look at their salary sheet, and that's why I've got my head burned here, there's not a lot of super tradable contracts sitting in there in that real tradable range because you're not going to move Brooke Lopez. You're not going to move Middleton. You're obviously not going to move Giannis. Mm. Ursan Ilyasova, all right, you know, now maybe you could what, – what they're probably more likely to do is pile together some salaries for guys who aren't really part – big major parts of the rotation right. that could be guys like Ilyasova and then uh, Dante DiVincenzo. You could even put uh, Pat Connaughton in there if you needed to. Right. I know Bucks fans are going to hate to hear me <laughs> say that. I know Planet Pat out there, but you could do that. And even Matthews is at two point five million, so so you could pile it together and go make a move that way without really messing up your rotation too much. But I'm with you because I, I look at some of the guys they brought in. Robin Lopez is a backup center. Great, he, he's yeah. probably one of the best. That, that he'll be maybe the best backup center in the NBA because right. he's probably still a starter on half the teams. In the league, so so I think that's that's good. And if in that you are assured of forty eight good center minutes, and the Bucks don't play as much as it's to our chagrin at times, they don't play Giannis at the five, really ever. So so you're if you're gonna stick with playing two bit or or traditional center the whole time, you want two good ones. They've got that covered. But the rest of the guys, I think Matthews will be okay for them, but I don't think he's gonna set the world on fire by any means. And I don't think Kyle Korver's got a whole heck of a lot left as no. far as being playable. He just can't defend anybody. So it's, you know, we, we've seen that going back a few years now. He, he comes in the game and teams immediately, whatever they were running, they're not running it anymore because now it's the fine Korver. Right. Uh, you know, off go at him. Go at him. So. Yeah. Exactly. So that's going to be tough. Now, you know, in the regular season, that's not going to hurt you probably too much because I think you can get him out there for 10, 15 minutes a night when you need some shooting. And Kyle Korver is one of those guys, you know, 15 years from now, he'll be able to, you know, walk up to the court cold and start draining threes. Yeah. I mean, that's just what the guy does. But yeah, it's, it's, I look at it. I like some of their depth pieces. I'm, I'm a little afraid maybe they bought in a little too much on guys like Connaughton, Sterling Brown, DJ Wilson. Right. But, but maybe they've seen, 
seen enough from those guys that we in the moments when we're not there that those guys look good enough to to do some stuff. So so if that if that's the case, then then Milwaukee does have enough enough depth when you get to the playoffs. And as you said, prime bio team, so they're definitely going to add somebody at some point. Yeah, for sure. That somebody else is going to come in here. You know, I, I really do. I like Ilyasova. I think he's a nice fit for them. Gives them a nice change of pace by bringing in a floor spacer like that. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, I think, has been perennially underrated. I think this is a guy that can go out there and really do some great things for them from the point guard position. Uh, you know, I, I, I like this team. I don't want to come across like I don't like this team. I like this team a lot, and I think they're one of the favorites to come out of the East. Certainly, I just wonder if they can hit that next level. And I agree. I, look, the the jury's out on some of these guys: Sterling Brown, uh, DJ Wilson, players like I don't. I just don't know they've got enough guys. They really move the needle. But that said, they've got Giannis, and it's possible that's all that matters. I mean, they, they've got Giannis. Yep. Whoever they're playing doesn't have Giannis. That right there could be could be plenty. Uh, Chris Middleton, this is the one thing I want to ask you about, Keith. The deal for Chris Middleton, was that – do you feel like it's an overpay? I mean, he's so hard to really gauge because he's not – He's not a star star player, right? I mean, like Jimmy Butler is a is a bigger star than Chris Middleton, and you can argue which one's actually better. But was this an overpay for Middleton, or was this just because he kind of had them over a barrel, they had to pay him, or what? Or was this really a good deal for the Bucks? Yeah, a little bit of both. Well, a little yeah. bit of both of the first two. It was it was an overpay, but they had to because because if they didn't, they couldn't replace him. The yeah. the way they were lining their their summer up. They weren't going to be – they were lining their cap space to use it on their own guys, which is really what they did, Hill, Lopez, Middleton. And then that took them obviously up and over the cap. So so they, they had to it, – it's tough because I love Chris Middleton. When I write the uh, most tradable contracts piece for Real GM, which kind of turns into a best value contract, right. uh, underrated uh, player as far as pay goes, Middleton's – annually been near the top of that list because he's been really underpaid he's been one of the steals in the nba now at 30 plus million yeah not anymore now he is just you know he is what he is he's you know a good player who's making a lot of money so that's that that's the tough part part for me i I think it's it's there what i worry about with that is uh four years from now that player million uh, no, not the player. Not even the player. Before that, okay. Thirty-eight million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That could be two years after Giannis leaves town. Maybe right. I don't know that I want to be paying Chris Middleton thirty-eight million. Even at that point, that'll be what uh, roughly a third of the cap, uh, yep. or yeah, a little less than that, a little, a little less. But but it, yeah, that's just too much. That's 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 tough. That's that's going to be hard. So it really is for Milwaukee. It's it's win now. These moves, though, I think are also you gotta you gotta price in. How much are these to show Giannis? Look, we're committed here. These are your That's guys. True. These are the guys you want to be with. We're we're gonna get this thing thing done. We're not worried about spending money. We're not worried about paying the tax if we have to. All those sorts of things. And I think think that is a factor that needs to be. Uh, Factored in that that's stupid. That's what a dumb usage of the English language there by me. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that's something you need to factor in. Let's just put it that way. No, absolutely. You're right. And you know what? I, you're looking at that, that 2022-2023 year. I'm looking at the, the final year of the contract being the player option. That tells me the fact that that last year is a player option tells me that that in those negotiations, Middleton had the leverage, he had the yep. advantage on him. Whereas you look at Bledsoe's contract, you've got more of a, a team option in the final year or a non-guaranteed uh, portion of his contract in the final year of it. Uh, so interesting to see what happens there. Again, Middleton, 
I like him. I think he's a good player, but I think now he's no longer a value play. Now he, he's not that. And the question is, without Giannis, is Middleton as valuable? Just like, you know, we've talked, I talk a ton about it on my show. Danny Green is a player who's much more valuable if he is on a star driven team. If he's around yeah. superstars, he becomes a much more valuable role player than if he's on a team that has no stars then you don't want to pay Danny Green the $15 million that the Lakers are, are paying him. So I think Chris Middleton is a little bit in that vein. Like, if Giannis leaves in 2021, it's not like you can just turn to Chris Middleton and say, okay, it's your team now. I don't think he's that type of player that can really take over. So that's that's my concern there with that contract. Yeah, I think you're paying Chris Middleton on this contract like he's your second-best player, which he is right. right now with the Bucs. Yeah. I don't know that you can win multiple titles with Chris Middleton as your second best player. If he's your third best player, you're great. Right. Uh, you're probably a very, very good team. And and again, that maybe that's that's part of it. I will say, yeah, he got the player option, so he had the control there. But they did get him for two point one million under the max. So let's yeah. not discount that. That mm-hmm. does matter, and that's the second straight time with a major free agent they've paid them slightly less than the max because that's what they did with Giannis uh, a couple years back when he was up as a free agent. He didn't get the max either. So that is, you know, so it's something that they've been able to pull off here. It's they, in the end, it's 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 a lot of money but i don't know what other option they had and that's sometimes though where this can go wrong there we've seen this over and over again where it's well we got to pay these guys Mm -hmm. look at the washington wizards they had to give auto Porter or match that offer sheet for auto porter because they, they had no way to replace him if he left right and then two years later now no one could have foreseen john wall getting hurt like this but wall's hurt now porter's not even on the team anymore and now, well, now what? Now it's you know you spend all right. that money kind of through threw it threw it away. And and I like Auto Porter just like I like Chris Middleton, but but that stuff. But all right, let's jump into to to their um over under. Yeah. Last year they won sixty games and and probably could even won a couple more. I think they kind of turned it down at the end of the regular season because yep. they they had everything clinched up. Over under this year a little bit under that fifty eight, but that is the highest current over under in the NBA. This is – I know I sound mm. like a broken record here because this is where they're so good. Yeah. Because that, that's a number that makes me think. I'm going to go – I'm going to go over because I think they get back to 60 wins again because I think it's – for them it's more important to have uh, home court and all that and I think they'll push a little harder to get it. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you once again. Once again we, hey, we're okay. actually getting a few of these in. I'm going to go yeah. under just because – if you're making them the highest in the NBA, you're saying that this is the the best team in the league, and I can't confidently say in the regular season. in the regular season that this yep. is that this is going to be the best regular season team. And I do think that with the number of veterans they've got, guys like Robin Lopez, Brooke Lopez, both of them are getting up there in years. You've got uh, Kyle Korver, George Hill isn't a young guy. Eric Bledsoe is even even getting a little bit older. Wesley Matthews. They're relying on a lot of veteran guys, and those are guys who know when it's time to conserve energy. And yeah. I could see them actually slowing down a little bit during the season, kind of taking the foot off the I, gas and uh, and doing the kind of LeBron thing where you try to activate playoff mode later on and try to have a little bit more energy for the postseason. So I'm going to take the the under with the full realization that it's possible that everything clicks and they, and they go off and, and hit, you know, 63 wins or something like that. Yeah, because you could see this team being, you know, 28 and five or something. Yeah. ridiculous after you know almost half the season in and in those things but i i do i think you're right too because i think there is more of a chance this year last year was 
teams never shut it down that first time they're yeah. making that big Last run. Year was, they, we're, they, we're here, we're for real, yep. proving it to everybody. Exactly. I, they don't really have that. I, I could see this year now they're playing for something bigger. They're playing for the finals. Mm-hmm. This is so yeah. If they're at fifty-five wins with two weeks left in the year and everything is locked up for them as much as they can. I could see them say, all right, be honest, you're not, you're going to make cameo appearances and, and we're out. And that's how you lose this. this Here, here's your you, bubble wrap. Giannis. Go yep. sit over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's it. Um, I neglected to mention they don't have anything left as far as cap space or anything like that. They used every dime of it to fill out this roster as well as they did after they lost those guys. And, and we don't want to overlook too. They did get a first round pick for Malcolm Brogdon in that uh, yeah. sign and trade from Pacers, sure. which is big because they owe a first round pick out. Uh, to it actually now goes to Boston, um, far from the uh, trade with the Suns where they 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 did stuff uh, earlier went to the Suns for Bledsoe now now that's since been moved over to Boston so so they so they managed to replace the first rounder that they essentially lost all right thumbs up thumbs down time on the off season I'm gonna give them a thumbs down I think they lost Brogdon and I don't think I, I think that's underrated they lost Miritich fine who really cares i guess i mean he was big for them but they've got Ilya Sova. playoffs yeah they've got Ilya Sova, they get other guys i think tony yeah. snell's kind of a sneaky uh depth loss he wasn't great yeah. last year and was hard a lot but he's another guy you could throw minutes to on the wing so i'm gonna give him a thumbs down it's not a huge thumbs down i still think they're great i think they obviously I picked them to win 60 plus games so i think they're gonna be, be you know one of the best teams in the league but but I, I do think they're they're gonna miss brogdon when it matters in the playoffs yeah i'm gonna say the same thing i'm gonna say thumbs thumbs down because of brogdon because i think that he's a he's a big piece and uh and that loss i think will ultimately hurt yeah absolutely hey before we go to the to the pistons and i know we're going to do an ad read we should talk about a couple news pieces Uh, the ryan anderson contract with the rockets um so so kind of not not out of completely out of left field but a little bit out of left field that ryan anderson back to the rockets and uh and what they did so so as we all know now the nene deal the nba ruled on that and said no he, he right. counts as <laughs> only the the bonus uh non-bonus portion of the 2.7 million roughly is what you can use on that so that, that's all we're going to give you credit for daryl Morey so angry <laughs> right? must be and then uh and then um and now Nene's hurt and isn't going to uh, practice at all in training camp, yeah. which kind of makes me wonder, are they trying to get out of that thing right. uh, here early, which we'll see. But, yeah, but they brought Ryan Anderson back in. Uh, pretty good, healthy guarantee on that 250000 for Anderson initially, another 250000 if he makes the opening night roster, which I assume he's going to. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a backup power power forward uh, especially not one who can space the floor and anderson can still do that excellent floor space in fact what's what's his nickname is it the grenade launcher is that right i'm pretty sure it was something like that never heard that is it now that's a thing i gotta look it up i'm i'm gonna look that up on basketball reference right now and see see if that's his his nickname because i think it was something like that he doesn't have one listed oh come on I think you made that up. I might have made that up. I don't know. Maybe I dreamt that. (laughs) That that sounds like something like, like, uh, I mean, that's a nice one, but I have all, me and my friends have all sorts of nicknames for guys that that I would never say on this show. Um, (laughs) Because we we like to keep it family friendly. But yeah, so Anderson, right, to to the Rockets. I like that for them. I I think he he fills a need. I think he'll be good there playing off Russ and Harden. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because there were five million camp moves Mm -hmm. made. Um, we'll, We'll catch up on those if it looks like some of those 
guys are actually going to make the teams. Uh, we, we can talk about some of those guys a little bit more in depth, but, but just as a little bit of a primer for folks, you're going to see this kind of shuffling for the next uh, a week or two because what's going to happen here is these teams are – they're trying to get affiliate player rights for the G League. And if you follow me on Twitter, which if you're listening to this, you, you probably do. Um, but if you follow my Twitter, I've been talking about that a lot. So well, what that means is if you waive a player, you can get what's called affiliate rights. And then you can you can have him go to your G League team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what you're going to see these teams are doing. They're signing these guys so they can assign them as an affiliate player. They generally give them exhibit tens, which give them a $50,000 bonus if they stay in the G League uh, for at least 60 days. So so that that's what's going on here a lot. Most of these signings are there. But for these players, too, it's a chance to get they're in an NBA camp with NBA guys in an NBA facility for a month-ish, you know, two, three weeks to a month. And you know, gives them all that opportunity. So I think this is, is you know, we're really cool. I get excited when I see these. Um, one, because this is occasionally news I can break because Woj and Shams and Chris don't really care about that <laughs> <laughs> as much. So I, sometimes I can get get in there and break one of these. But it is, uh, you know, I, I, I recognize it. I respect it. It's, you know, I think it's really cool. And I think as the G League continues to grow and become more and more of a thing, things like this will become more and more important. And I think fans are starting to get it and understand it right. a little bit more because i'm seeing a lot more response than the last couple years with these so yeah all right tell everybody about bet online yeah so bet online uh the football season is back and now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners betonline.ag sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite professional or college team every spread every total every winner or loser straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season. Will Mahomes throw for 56 touchdowns? Can the Pats go undefeated? Keith Smith says yes. Bet no, on, he does not. <laughs> bet on all of this <laughs> with the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Get into all the action today with betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. Hey, man, speaking of mobile devices, yeah. I know we were texting about this earlier today, but thank God for the invention of the iPhone and the ability to watch live sports on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because as you know, I have a, my daughter has a soccer game tomorrow and I'm going to, it's two hours away and it is right smack in the middle of the Patriots game. So Unacceptable. I will be, yeah, I know <laughs> who does this. Like just stay away from our Sundays, please. Uh, but you know, here, here we are. So yeah, so I'm super excited because I, I will, well, I'm not excited to watch the Pats on my phone, but I'm excited I can. Yeah. So, because otherwise in the old days it would have been, I'm going to record this. Nobody dare tell me the score. <laughs> and hopefully I can get home and watch it. But two hours away, late games. Yeah. It would be, be a late There's no night, avoiding so. the score these days with Twitter yeah. and everything else no. blowing up your phone. There's no. No. And, and all the parents know that I'm a Patriots fan. So they're like, hey, I saw the score. And, yeah. and you know, so I, yeah, nobody needs that. But, nope. All right. <laughs> the Pistons. Uh, yeah, so Milwaukee's division uh, brethren there, the, mm-hmm. the Detroit Pistons, they made a trade together. The the, the Pistons got uh, Tony Snell right. in there. The Bucks picked up the uh, 
I'm sorry, the Pistons also picked up a first-round pick in that salary dump, and then the Pistons turned around and sold that pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers, but came Kevin Porter Jr., if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, with that. And then, so, so the guys that left town for the Pistons, a lot of role players and bench guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Calderon, Wayne Ellington, John Lohr, Zaza Petulia, Glenn Robinson III, Ish Smith, who was really, really good for them, and coincidentally is going to be the starting point guard for the injury-ravaged Washington Wizards. And then both their two-way players, Kalen Lucas and Isaiah Whitehead, a couple of more G League veteran kind of guys there, and they are now uh, headed out. And then the guys they brought in, um, I did this. I'm just going to step all over right now. Huge thumbs up because they really improved. It's funny though because <laughs> well, I'm going to step on this too. I don't know that they make a make the playoffs because I think other mm-hmm. teams got better in their same range. But but these are the guys they brought in. Markeith Morris, Derek Rose, Tony Snell, as I mentioned, uh, just recently signed Joe Johnson, Tim Frazier, who is kind of the ideal third point guard for every right. team in the league. Yep. Uh, Christian Wood, they claimed him on waivers. Uh, good big man. I'm a huge fan of God, Christian how Wood. Did the, how was that possible? How did no one else go after Christian, know, Christian Wood? Yeah. I that that on one that one frustrated me. Too. Yeah, that they got yeah. him on on that deal. I mean, not not yeah. frustrating from the Pistons' perspective. That's excellent. But my goodness, when that came out, I was like, "How did no other team go after this guy? He's got skill. Like that could be a big addition for them." Yeah, and the Pelicans only let him go because they had because they yeah. just were that roster crunch where they've got a million guys. We're going to talk about them next, but uh, and then uh, Sekou Dumbuya. That's the, the the draftee that they mm-hmm. had in the middle of the first round. It's guy a lot of people like his potential. I don't think we're going to see much of him this year at the NBA level, but I think this is a good uh, developmental prospect for them because they just don't really have a ton of guys like that. They have a couple, but but not you know super guys like that. And then Jordan Bone and Lewis King will be their two way players, and then Donta Hall and Todd Withers are coming into camp. Here's where it's interesting, though. The Pistons are after adding Joe Johnson. They're at um they're they're at sixteen guys who have right. a real shot at the roster. The only two guys are Hall and Withers, but they're going to have to cut three. So they're they're uh, facing a pretty tough decision there in Detroit for that last roster spot. I think yeah. this is one that's really really going to matter and probably going to go all the way down to it. So who do you think – who are the guys that they should be looking at cutting, knowing that they've got to get rid of somebody? Who are the ones that you think are on the chopping block? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to – if I had to guess, it's going to come down to if if Johnson just doesn't have it. Let's say like he just – he can't do full core, yeah. five-on-five NBA stuff. I think he's probably going to be okay. But but if he, he doesn't have it, then I think it comes down to Kyrie Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, Svee Mikhailuk, and, um, and Christian Wood. I, th- I think if I think if we're calling Johnson a roster lock, which I think he probably is, uh, then I think it's going to be Wood, Thomas, or or Svee, um, that it's going to going to come down to, and that becomes that that's tough because you don't want to give up on the two young kids, but you made an investment in claiming Wood already, and he was already owed a portion of a guarantee um, on his deal. Now that'll transfer to another team if he's claimed, um, which would be funny. Je- uh, Jeff Siegel of Early Bird Rights noted this: he would be the first player ever to be claimed three times while on the same contract, um, which is just, just kind, of, kind of a cap nerd that note, would, but that's that what we do here cool. on the show. So, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think as you look at it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting the same thing. Uh, Joe Johnson, I'm what, 
I don't know. Like, do you do you go and sign Joe Johnson out of the big three if you really think that you're going to probably cut him later yeah, on? Probably. Do you do that to a veteran? Probably not. I mean, it could happen if he reports to camp and he just clearly doesn't have it. Then then he doesn't have it. Sure. Christian Wood, you know yeah. what? Look, he's he at the end of last season, he was tremendous. And if you look at, at who he's playing, you know, yeah, maybe he's playing teams that have taken their foot off the gas pedal and things like that. Um, that's certainly possible, but this guy was good. I mean, I'm looking at, uh, his final four games were into April of last year, put up 16, numbers. 16.3 points, 8.3 rebounds. I mean, he won some, some fantasy seasons for, uh, for some players out there. And, uh, and even a few games before that, he was putting up 23, 25 points a night, blocked six shots against the Atlanta Hawks. This guy, even if he's putting putting up these numbers against backup level players, he's got talent. I'd be very surprised if he didn't make it, if he can at least perform at, at that level. So that leaves you down with just a few guys. And the Lakers fan in me is almost wishing that the Lakers had an open roster spot. Cause if Svi <laughs> Mikhailuk gets, <laughs> gets cut, come home Svi, come back to Los Angeles. Lakers fans love Svi Mikhailuk. So, uh, but he's, he's a great shooter. I could see where he just doesn't fit on a team that already has uh, some decent shooters though. So, uh, <laughs> a year ago, we were hearing about how he was going to be a rotation guy and, and all these things. And remember, let's not go nuts about summer league people. There's always your 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 primer. Let's 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 not go crazy. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And and the thing with Kyrie Thomas too is they've got a lot of point guard options already because you've got Jackson, yeah. uh, Rose. Those are going to be your one and two. Frazier's your third. Langston Galloway can play the point if need be. Uh, they already run a big healthy chunk of the offense through Blake Griffin which allows you to you could really even play without a traditional point guard because a guy like Bruce Brown can defend uh ones if you need mm-hmm. them to so so yeah it, it is it's it, there's a lot of ways I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb okay here and I'm gonna say Johnson makes it Johnson got two hundred and twenty thousand dollars guaranteed I think you're gonna give him that time to play himself into shape if right. if need be if he needs to do that I think Wood's gonna make it I misspoke. He doesn't have a guarantee yet. His guarantee is on opening day, and it's uh, half okay. his salary, 822000 We'll get guaranteed opening night. I'm going to say he makes it, and then I'm going to say it comes down to Thomas and Svee, mm-hmm. and if they have – this will be the decider. If they have injuries at the point guard spot, which Derrick Rose is involved, so yeah. maybe, and they'll keep Thomas and they'll cut Svee. If not, I think they're going to cut Kyrie Thomas. I think they'll cut cut him and they'll they'll keep Svee. Will, will be my guess. So that's my guess. I'm just you know not reporting anything, and that's just a complete wild guess at how this is going to come down. I could see it for sure. Um, and and going back to what you were saying about who they've added this year, I do like their additions. I still don't know that a playoff team. I still feel like this is more treadmill team than anything yeah. else. But I mean, Derrick Rose. If they're getting the Derrick Rose from last season, that's a big addition. Derrick Rose Huge. was, was yep. tremendous last season. He looked yep. not like his old self, but he looked very much rejuvenated. Uh, Derrick Rose is an is a excellent player based on what we saw last season. Um, if he reverts to the Derrick Rose from, say, two seasons before, ago or before that, then, you know, you're not getting such a good player. Yep. Uh, Markeith Morris, a great addition there. And how about this, Keith? Still on the books for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Josh Smith. Josh yeah. Smith hanging around. They are paying Josh Smith $5.3 million this season. Last I don't know what kind of season though. he's going to have. Yeah, he's yeah, a, right. He, I tweeted this out season. earlier this week. I was doing I was doing cap space projections for 2020. 
uh, and, and I was work, working through some stuff, and I was like, "Oh, Josh Smith and Darren Williams, the last year they're they're <laughs> on they're sitting out on teams books. That's crazy." Um, I, I want to jump back to something just because because yeah. it's a little not something with my mic over. Uh, with the Bucks, the Bucks actually this was what kind of made it even tougher for them to build out this team. They have uh, eight million dollars in dead money. On, oh, yeah. on their, their Spencer their Hawes books. and Spencer Larry Hawes. Sanders. Yeah, Larry Sanders, George Hill, the million that they had eat when they waved him, and then John Lohr, who they got in the Snell trade and then right. uh, turned around and waved and stretched. So so just kind of kind of interesting there with, with the box. But yeah, Josh Smith, five five point three. So say your fond farewells to that right. Josh Smith dead money, and then that'll turn into uh, Joe Kim Noah. So a couple years left, Knicks fans hanging in there. And if I, I if I I'm think... reading this right, they they have they have nine million dollars. Sorry, we're back on bucks again, but they have. <laughs> $9 million paid to George Hill, but they also have a million dollars of dead money paid to George yes. Hill yeah. <laughs> because good, waving good him. for George Hill, right? It's something you don't see very often. <laughs> no, not, yeah, not usually the players on the book, on the books is actual salary and dead money at the same time. Yeah. So it's good work if you can get it, as they say, or keep, as the kids say, what are they? Keep, keep getting them checks. Um, <laughs> you know, with the Pistons, so here, I like, Rose, Morris, and Snell, mm-hmm. because I think now if they go through their annual, Detroit always seems to suffer some sort of injury yeah. at the key positions. And I think those three guys are all quality players who can step in and you're not going to miss a whole heck of a lot. Right. I think those guys all come in, they, they can do their thing. And you can get there. They still have Thon Maker now for a whole season. I think he's going to be helpful. I think he's going to be the backup to Andre yep. Drummond. Uh, primarily, I think last year he came in and he he did some stuff for them, especially in the in the uh, playoffs. He had a couple moments against against his old team. So yep. so I think it'll help. I, it's, he, he looked just, really good for a forty year old. Yeah, yeah. Is that how old is he? No one knows. Him and Buddy Healed. Yeah, Uh, right. Hey, but other news, right? The NBA. That's now you got to certify those ages and those heights. But heights without sneakers, so I'll care about those when they play barefoot. Right. Um. You know. But it's yeah. That's always kind of silly to me that we do heights without sneakers. It's like why? It's like I'm sorry. This is my rant here. It's like why? Why does the NFL have clock players without pads on? Yeah, like what? Yeah, we, yeah, you're gonna play low pants. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, no, it's I, in the why? Why yep. measure NBA players without shoes on? Just like why are you clock, <laughs> clocking a player's forty without pads on? They're not gonna play the game without pads on. Just like NBA players yeah. aren't gonna play the game without shoes on. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I don't know why we do some of the things we do in sports. Well, I, I went through this whole thing. Why do we make the guys wear the uniforms for media day? And I know the reason is because that's when they do all the promotional stuff and, and all that other things. But it's like that that could be done later when nobody had like just let them come out in their sweats and do their thing but it's also that that falls in line with why do baseball managers wear uniforms what are these fat old guys you know <laughs> rolling out into those baseball pants yeah it's so silly yeah. and it's funny because you notice like the younger managers like aaron boone of the yankees like he doesn't like he wears the pants but then he wears like a pullover and a hooded sweatshirt yeah. and he's like i'm not wearing this nonsense so man we this is what happens when we record late on a saturday <laughs> we get we get all off track um the, the point I was going – what I wanted to go to with the Pistons is I'm still a little worried about their, their shooting and yeah. their, their wings because it's – you're kind of looking at a collection of Tony Snell, Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, Joe Johnson, Langston Galloway, maybe yeah. Svee works his way in there. I, I just – I don't know. I, I really like Bruce Brown Jr. I think he's a guy who can defend really well at an NBA level. He, he's a really good passer for, for the position he plays. His shot, 
it comes and goes. I, I think it's it's something that can really be improved. I think Tony Snell, had, I think he's probably going to start at the three for this team yeah, unless they like go it. with Brown and Kennard together um, in the backcourt. And and that'll be you know kind of interesting to see how that plays out. So I just I don't know. That's I feel like this is the same story with the Pistons every year. It's like where is the shot making going to come from? I know Blake's a much improved shooter. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, I think, gets beat up a lot for the things he doesn't do without getting credit for the things he does do. True. But it's, you know, and now, and then we're also in our annual Andre Drummond. I'm going to shoot three pointers this year. <laughs> we'll see how that goes when he's airballing them from the corner and they're falling, you know, 15 feet short of the Andrew lane. Bynum is smiling somewhere at that, yeah, at right? the thought of yeah. that. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, that's why Andrew Bynum wants back in the league. He wants to be able to jack up threes now yeah, without getting benched. Oh, uh, yeah. hey, but let's let's give some credit to Blake Griffin here. I mean, look, he's got he hit thirty six percent from three last season on seven attempts per game. That's a that's yep. a career high in attempts per game. That means that's not yeah. just hey, like he hit forty percent from three in 2014-2015, but on point four attempts per yeah. game. So that's where you just go small sample size and you blow that off. Yep. But on seven yep. attempts per game, he shot thirty six percent from three. That's that's it's really no really good out of your yeah. power forward. So uh, so credit to him there. That that's a you have to step out and defend yeah. him. And I and you know and I I don't do this too often, but I'm gonna pat myself on the back here. I I picked him to make All NBA before the start yep. of last season, and he did. And I just I felt like this is a guy they're gonna run everything through him, and if they're gonna be even remotely good, he's gonna have to be the reason why. So it's you know so it's yeah I just. I go through the same thing with the Pistons every year. I feel like it's just like I said, I just, I don't know. I love Blake. I I actually like Reggie Jackson. I like Andre Drummond for what he is. The rest of them, I do like their depth a little more. I just worry they got better, but I think everyone else in their range, everybody from the five to 10 range in the East got better. I feel like, and that's the tough part for the Pistons. So we can move into it over under. Yeah. 41 last year, 41 and 41, 500 record. They were the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. This year it's down to 38, so I don't feel too bad for not liking them as much. Right. And i got to go to my notes. i got to make sure I got it. Yeah, I have them just – I have, so it's 38 even, so I'm going to – that's actually what I have. So I'm picking a push, but I'll do an over or under. I'm going to pick under. Because okay. I'm going to say they only win like 37 games. And again, it's not as much about them as it is about the other teams. That said, just before you jump in with yours, I'll give you another second to think on it. Okay. Let's say Brooklyn's not as good without KD as we think they could be. Indiana misses Oladipo longer than we think. Toronto, they, they do a sell-off or something. I think Detroit's probably that team that's best positioned to slide in there of yeah, all the, the teams I'm picking to miss the playoffs in the East. Because I'm picking them to be the team that goes out to get Miami in. Otherwise, I have the East playoffs being all the same teams. Um, just a little sneak preview there as we go. But but yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'll, I'll say under even though what I'm really picking is a push. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go over. And, okay. uh, and I'm going to say that because of a couple of things, a few factors here. You've got Blake Griffin heading into his age 30 season. I think that this is going to be one of the last prime Blake Griffin seasons that you get. I think that he's still... Uh, one of the best players in the NBA. I know I'm not saying he's top 10 or anything like that, but this is a guy who can win you games. And then Andre yep. Drummond. I mean, the, he gets a lot of flack, but I think you're going to get the best Andre Drummond that you've seen. He's heading into what can be a contract year. He has a player yep. option uh, next summer. So this is going to be his chance to cash in. 26 years old. He's in, I mean, really his athletic prime. I think you're going to get a really good version of uh, of Andre Drummond. And I like the, the additions. I think that Derek Rose 
can continue what we saw from last season, and that can be a nice shot maker for them, which can help them out a lot when things bog down, take a little bit of pressure off of, of Blake Griffin. Uh, Joe Johnson, I'm not expecting him to play a lot, but he can make shots when he's in there. And then yeah. I like the, the Markeith Morris, and I'm still not giving up on, on Thonmaker. Um, so yeah, I think all in all, I think this team's going to be a little bit better than last season, and so I'll take take the over. Yeah, I, and that's yeah, I can see that too. Because the the other part that you have to start to price in as you look at it is, I think I think the Wizards, Knicks, Cavs, mm-hmm. and Hornets are going to be awful. Right. Like I think those four teams are just going to be absolutely terrible. I'm not sold on Atlanta, and then I don't know if you caught it, but their injury list coming into camp, holy it's, crap, Kevin Herter. It, yeah, Kevin Herter, John Collins, like like these are key guys. Now, maybe it's a little just, you know, we're being cautious, we're going to be safe, and that's what I'm hoping for, but you don't want to start off, nope. you know, camp that way with half your, it's like half their rotation is out to start camp, and then I, I just, the Bulls, I want to believe in the Bulls already, I just, I don't know, I've been caught on that one mm-hmm. before, so so I could definitely see the Pistons being that team, and like I said, if one of those East teams, well, one of them will, one of the East teams that I think we think are the eight playoff teams, and I'm assuming we're probably pretty close to the same um, eight teams, or right around that, you know, yeah. eight to nine range, one of those teams is going to be really bad. It's just how it always works. They're just going to have a nightmare season, and it's going to all fall apart on them. We just don't know who it's going to be. So the Pistons, I think, are the team. I just, I don't. I. It's funny. I don't think even their worst case scenario. I'm going to say 35 or 36, which is weird to be that close. Right. Yeah. To to the over under number, and then best case, I would say it's probably not much more than like 43, 44 wins. That's, so that's a great way to look like, at this. Yeah. yeah the the floor. Is, is fairly high on them, but the ceiling is yep. also fairly low. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, their range is probably about as small as, as any. But I already said I stepped on it. I'm giving them a thumbs up on the offseason because I think they did yeah. great. I think I think every guy they lost, they upgraded over with maybe the slight exception of Wayne Ellington. I don't think they you know, replaced his shooting uh, well enough, but that's, you know, that's not the end of the world, and let's be let's be quite honest. There's a chance the Knicks will be trading Wayne Ellington yeah. come the trade deadline. So if they really want him, they could go get him. So yeah, agreed. I'll go thumbs up as well for the same reasons that you mentioned. I think the additions were were good, um, and no issues there. I still feel like they're something of a treadmill team here. Don't know what the future is going to look like for them. Maybe they end up trading Andre Drummond sometime around the trade deadline if yeah. they don't feel like he's going to stick around. Uh, we'll see what happens with them, but for the the time being, thumbs up. Yeah, I think that's a great point to to close it out with them. Uh, and I didn't really think about it until just when you said it. But yeah, if they hit the trade deadline and they're not of short of being a solid playoff team, I could see them start to do a little yeah. bit of a let's move some pieces. Because I think Jackson's expiring as well, if I remember right. He is. So you could see yeah. them move Randy Jackson and say, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to move him out and we'll just you know play the kids or Dor Rose the rest of the year because teams are always looking for point guards that's a you know point guards and big men correct and the pistons have those if they need to are you ready to go well not i don't even know if it's is new orleans yeah i guess it is west yeah. of detroit but it's gonna be pretty close if you cut right down the country we'll head there, right? mostly south <laughs> yeah mostly <laughs> south let's, let's go south west as far as west office new orleans about cow i'm gonna take a deep breath before i hit this to list because man they turned over about three quarters of the roster yeah guys who headed out uh this guy named anthony davis i think you might know him um he, he's gone sounds familiar he's, yeah he went somewhere in the uh-huh. west conference i'm not sure Journeyman, way to the mostly, right? yeah he's all right he's a pretty good shot blocker um 
Yeah, Dyer Spartans, Ian Clark, Czech Diallo, Solomon Hill, Stanley Johnson, Alfred Payton, Julius Randle, Christian Wood, uh, and then Trevon Blewett. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's funny. We don't plan this, but there's always a link between the teams when we do it. I wish, wish we were that smart. Uh, so those are the guys that are out. Guys are coming in. Let's talk about the guys that got yep. for Dame. Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were those, those three guys. The draft picks, they then shuffled draft picks around, but two draft picks uh, that they added extra. Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes. Derek Favors, who they added via trade from Utah, as Utah was shedding salary to make their moves. They signed J.J. Redick. He was kind of their big free agent signee. Uh, Nick, Nicola Melli, um, or Nicola, or Nicola. Let me let me check. I want to get it right. Nicolo Melli. Nicolo, right. yeah. Um, he, he's a kind of stretch four-ish kind of guy c- coming in. And then they drafted this guy some people I think have heard of named Zion Williamson with the number one overall pick. And then their camp guys are going to be Jalen Adams, different Jalen Adams from the one on the Bucks that would not be allowed to have a guy go to camp with two teams. Uh, this is Jalen Adams undrafted out of UConn. Uh, Javon, uh, Javon Bess out of St. Louis. And then Cavell Bigby Williams. He is a uh, uh, forward, big forward center type out of LSU. So those are going to be the camp guys. None of those guys are going to have a chance of making this team because they've got uh, mostly guaranteed contracts. And their two non-guarantees are Jalil Okafor and Kenrich Williams, who they're both going to make make the team so let's start with the trade Mm -hmm. because i think that's the one that probably is i mean that's obviously the biggest move we don't need to talk a lot about what they lost in anthony you lost one of the best five players at worst in the nba in anthony davis but they did great you know i i'm i'm i am very i'm being very very hopeful that ball Hart, and ingram all healthy and ready to play, first of all. They've all had various injuries right. uh, through, throughout their time with the Lakers and then Hart as he went to the uh, to the Pelicans. I, well, I don't remember what it was, but it seems like he's mostly recovered. It was a knee. But it seems like all systems are go for Ball and Ingram, mm-hmm. um, which is great, especially for Brandon Ingram, great news, because that's DBT. scary. Yeah. Um, well, scary, you know, scary stuff. Yeah, that's because that's something that could kill you. And, you know, the rest of these things are they're bad, but – Right, yeah, but that that's scary. But it seems like everything's good, and he's he's going to get back on track. So, you basically got a starting point guard, a starting wing, and a backup wing who people are pretty high on. That's a pretty good return. You yeah. know, you gave up one of the best players in the league. You're, I know you've thoughts for days on these guys. So I'm just going to kick it to you because they you, you watched them kind of. All over. right. Let me limber up a little bit here, Keith. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'll I'll be back in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I'll, I'll be through all my all my Lakers talk by then. Maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah, look, this is an incredible return for the Pelicans. If you're a Pelicans fan, you have to love what they did here. And I know Lakers fans are going to be tuning in to watch this team because these guys are are on the squad. These these are tremendous players. I can say, look, Brandon Ingram is just turning 21, I believe. And Lonzo Ball is just about to. Like, these are, are young, young players. These guys are, are not – like, Brandon Ingram, when he was drafted, he was one of the youngest players in the draft. And yep. he really should have been a rookie the next year when Lonzo Ball was drafted. He could have been uh, coming out as a freshman that year. So, Brandon Ingram, extremely young. He's a player that can help them out a ton. The DBT, certainly scary stuff because you're talking about the potential of, first of all, could have died – Right. I mean, yeah. that, that obviously would have been the worst outcome. And then the other option there was he could have ended his career. Yeah. If this if this became a becomes a consistent thing. Fortunately, they were able to do surgery actually involves removing part of the rib. 
the surgery that they did on, on Brandon Ingram in order to make sure that this uh, that the DVT would not happen again. The deep vein thrombosis uh, wouldn't happen again. So that's uh, that's good for him. Now, unfortunately, the downside to both that and then Lonzo Ball had that horrifically sprained ankle against the Houston Rockets last season. Um, the downside to those injuries was that these guys haven't stepped on the floor. right? I mean, it was just a week or two ago that they got cleared for full contact. Uh, Lonzo was on Woj's pod uh, the other day and mentioned that he and Ingram haven't played full five on five together yet. So that's something that is maybe a little bit of concern. Maybe they're a little bit behind heading into to training camp. Josh Hart, people forget it, how good. I want to pause. Yeah, okay, can I pause for a second on go that? Because I think this is important to know for, for folks. And there you go. I was going to say, get, get yourself a drink, catch your breath yep. for a second. Um, <laughs> these guys don't show up at training camp, and that's when they roll out the ball and they start. Yeah. Generally, these guys are together anywhere from two to four weeks ahead of time. Most players started getting back in town. This summer's a little bit different because you had all the guys playing in the World Cup. They came back right. home a little bit later. And some of the international guys will come home a little little later. But the the guys who are here in the States and make their home here year-round, they're going to show back up at the facility sometime in usually early September. And they're going to start kind of working out there. They're going to do individual stuff. Then it's, hey, there's seven, eight, Nine, ten of us here. We'll grab a couple staffers, whoever, and we'll start playing a little bit of pickup, right. full court, and that's when this all starts. It's so that that's why it is important that you noted that they haven't played yet because it's. I, I think some fans still have this belief that these guys show up to training camp and it's all right. We're just going to run for four days because we're going to lose the twenty pounds we put on. This is why you also hear from these guys. Everybody adds, you know, twenty five pounds of muscle yep. and right. you know, muscle watch starts and all that nonsense. That goes on, but it but it is these guys are in the facility and they're playing together regularly, so that is important to note. They're they're a little bit behind uh, with, with this, and in in JJ Redick talked about it in his uh, uh, appearance on I believe it was a low post mm -hmm. that he hadn't been there because he was still finalizing getting moved and all his stuff uh, to to New Orleans and all those things. So I think this seems this is a ton of turnover, and I think they might have lost some of that valuable pre training camp time together just because you had a lot of guys who were hurt guys who had other commitments and those kind of things. And that's a little bit tough because, because they are kind of starting right as training camp kicks off. Right. And they're, and they're really starting from scratch with all these new faces. Now, that being said though, I think Lonzo did get in more skill work this summer than he has in summers uh, past due to injuries. Yep. So I do expect yep. to see improvements from him. Just, he wasn't flying up and down the floor five on five, particularly with BI um, like he would have liked uh, Josh Hart, man, look, the second half of last season, Josh Hart was terrible. He couldn't hit a three, couldn't hit anything, but it was because he had no legs under him with a knee injury. Yep. People don't don't remember how good of a shooter Josh Hart really is. And if he's 100% healthy, he's going to be a big addition for them. And, of course, his his claim to fame with the Lakers was that he is a, a smaller guy. He's more of a, a two-guard size, but he's able to actually defend a little bit in the post because he's so yep. strong. So that's yep. something to keep an eye on. Lateral quickness hasn't been great for him, um, so something to watch defensively. And then those picks that they got. I mean, look, they got they got the fourth overall pick, which they traded, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. And then plus they got two future Lakers picks, um, which they can actually – one is a top eight protected. There's one that they can actually defer the 2024 pick. If the Lakers are good, they'll defer that to the next year, yep. to 2025. Yep. They also picked up a, a pick swap. So if you look at these pieces that they received for Anthony Davis, this is – this is an incredible haul for them and is really going to give their their rebuild a shot in the arm. This lets them hit the ground running here because of the pieces they've added. Yeah, it was, as I put it, is it is impossible 
to lose a superstar player like Anthony Davis. I don't care who you are and feel as good as the Pelicans do starting the next, the next iteration. And part of that is even if they hadn't, I don't want to say won the Lakers trade because we don't know. Obviously, if the Lakers won a title this year or next, then the, the Lakers yeah. are were perfectly happy with what we did. But it is to do as well as they did in the Lakers trade. That's just the icing on the cake because this is all about Zion. Yeah. You got you got this guy. This you if Anthony Davis was the last once in a you know every five to ten year player in a draft, you got the next one. Right, Yo, and, 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 and incredible that both of them wound up with the same team. Yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Everybody right? break out your tinfoil yeah. hats. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's, well, what's what's unfortunate too is you know then people are like yeah, and they're just going to screw it up and he's going to want to leave and you know five or six years. That's a little unfair, you know, because I think it's it, one. It's a completely new front office. Mm-hmm. They they've made commitments to basketball in New Orleans that have never been made. They made great front office hires. They stole the Suns' training staff away. Yeah, that's that's a win in of itself. Uh, we would have liked to have that when they had AD. Which means they're right? not just using the um, Saints' training staff anymore. Which anymore, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Infamous. You, the 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 football people are in in effect. They're out. They're yeah. they're letting David Griffin in group run things. So it is really really cool. You know what what's going on in New Orleans? I think I, I want to temper it a little because I think people are starting to get a little out of control. I'm starting to hear like this team could, you know, could they contend in the West? Like, like I think they can make the. Down. I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think sure. they they can make the playoffs. This team can't. I don't think they're a contender or anything. But let me throw this out there. You know, sure, Brandon Ingram, he's a guy who. Things started to click as last season went along, and one of the things that we noticed as as you know following the Lakers as close, closely as I do is that he starts very slow each season, and then it's right around December, January. That's when he really starts to get his stride. And come February, right before the injury, for probably about four weeks, he was he looked like a different player. He looked incredibly comfortable getting to his spots, was using his length to shoot over people. It looked like the game finally slowed down to, for him. And we hear players say that all the time. The game starts to slow down. And it looked like that was the level that he hit. And he was starting to put up not just good numbers. He was putting up all-star caliber numbers. This could be a really big addition for them if he can get back to that. And with the injury, we don't know exactly where he's going to be yeah. at. But the potential for him is really, really high. So I'm really curious to see what he winds up doing with them. Yeah, this is where as someone who covers the Celtics, I'm supposed to be like, he's not as good as Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, and then we can pull Kuzman and <laughs> we can fight for the next three hours and it can be all stupid. Um, but, it, you know, yeah, I like Brandon Ingram. I like Brandon Ingram a lot. I was a Brandon Ingram. Maybe this is bad to admit. I was a Brandon Ingram over Ben Simmons guy. I don't like players oh, yeah. who can't shoot. I yep. hate it. I hate players who can't shoot unless they are elite, 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 elite at other things. I didn't know if Simmons was going to be. I'm going to say now I was wrong. Simmons is that was fine. That was the right move for them, I think. As the way they built out the rest of the stuff, that's all fine. But but I but I, I really like Brandon Ingram. I think one of the best things the Lakers did for Brandon Ingram to their own detriment was in his first couple of years, putting him in the position to be the primary ball handler yep. who initiated a lot of the offense. Because there were nights where it was really, really bad. And it sure. was I mean, you I you lived it, you watched all of it. I only caught it you know, every other game, you know, those late night windows. And there were times where I was like, good Lord, they can't, they, they can't do anything yeah. with this. But then he started to learn and he started to figure it out. And then he became a 
semi-competent pick-and-roll ball handler, and then he became a pretty good pick-and-roll ball handler. He started to do a lot of things where they started to run some stuff um, where I know give Luke Walton all the crap in the world, you might want to, but he can set some stuff up offensively, and they started to run some stuff where he'd come up, he'd give it up, he'd back cut, he'd get the ball back, and he'd either make a scoring play for himself or find another guy with a second pass and those kind of things. I I think think he is – as good a fit alongside Zion as you could have to grow together yeah. um, there. And I, the other thing is he took a mountain of crap for flying into that CP, um, uh, Rondo. Oh, the, the Chris Paul thing last the, year. the game two. Yeah. And for me though, I kind of took it as a good thing and talking to a couple people in the league, people were like, it's good to know he's, Got that fight in him. Yeah, because, because he's was, so was, passive. He he is so and he's so yep. yeah. He's he is so reserved in his mannerisms and 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 all that. But yeah, to see him get fired up like that and see that he does have that emotion and that fire, I think I think you're right. I think that was actually a good thing. And I'll say, being being the uh, Lakers guy, I'm sure you heard a million times more than I heard it, and I heard it plenty. Of, uh, he's Andrew Wiggins 2.0. Like he just he doesn't care he's he can score but he can't do anything else and and that was always I'm like that's you're going too far with this I think he does care I, I think he does care I think he can do other things mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's ever going to be a an all defense guy he's just he's not that he's not, probably never going to be cut off that but he's key he, he's a willing defender. He tries, yeah. you know, which I think is okay. He doesn't just let himself get pushed around and you know. So yeah, I, I think it's great. And then then Lonzo. There, there might not be anything more fun than Lonzo and Zion on the break this season in the NBA because yeah. Lon- Lonzo is – I go back to – I saw him play in a couple high school tournaments mm-hmm. and I was like, holy cat, crap, this kid, he's got – Bill Simmons always says this. He's got that passing gene. Yeah. Like he just knows how to pass that ball. And then let's go back to his first summer league. He's the one who helped get Zubach paid on his last contract. Yep, those those <laughs> touchdown he, passes. That's it. Yeah, he passes guys open. And Kuzma, I think, would be another guy who would say he did well because he learned how to play off Lonzo at times. So I think, you know, I think he's really going to help Zion. I think he's going to help him a lot by passing him open on things that he's going to get. He's he may be the best post entry passer in the league, which sounds so. It sounds like it's such a specific skill. And it, it must be because no one else – so few guys can do it. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, these guys come. They get, they, nobody does straight post-ups anymore. But like Zion will come on a, on a baseline cut, get a good seal, and then the ball will be sailing out of bounds. It will go there. Lonzo's going to get it to him and right. put him in a spot to, to get a good look at the hoop. So, yeah, I, I, I just – I think, you know, the trade was a home run for them. I think these guys are all pretty good be pretty good you talked about josh hart i think it'll be good and then with the picks they they basically turn that fourth pick into Nikhil alexander walker and jackson hayes so now you've kind of covered yourself with young guys at every position you've got you've got them all covered you've got point mm-hmm. guards you got you got bigs you got a wing you got all this stuff and that's that's pretty crazy too and there's people i hayes and zion can't play together why can't they sure they you can know, the, the league is they eventually going can. They, they can, they're going to. Yeah. And the league is going to go into a point where it's going to be, um, 
bigs are going to matter again. These mm-hmm. things always go in cycles. Now, those bigs are going to have to be more versatile. They're never going to be like when when I was – I'm a little older than you. So when I was growing up, it was pounded into Ewing, Olajuwon, and Robinson on the block and do all these things. And everybody played two traditional bigs. We're probably not going to see that again. But I think if they're athletic and they can do things and they can step out and shoot some – then it'll be fine to play two bigs together, and I think they're going to be okay. And I and I like it. Take this is almost the um, the the Sixers process approach of just keep taking bites at the apple. But I think it's like that accelerated because you're 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 starting from a much higher floor. You you didn't have to bottom it all the way out. No, and if you look at now, obviously summer league a huge huge asterisk by this, but uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes both tore up summer league. And in fact, yeah, Jackson Hayes had the highlight of summer league. He just just dunked all over i don't even remember who it was i, mean, <laughs> I don't either oh, my, yeah. my jaw dropped i will never forget that play he he's incredible and and this is the thing this success for this team what it's going to come down to is they're probably going to struggle in the half court because that's what yep. young teams do but my god this team can get out and run and that's what the, that's what the game plan is going to be it's going to be defend like crazy put in some energy and lonzo and drew holiday is a hell of a defensive backcourt and then get out there and push the pace, fly up and yep. down the floor. And let me tell you, it might not be this season, okay, because they're rookies. But at some point, Jackson Hayes and Zion Williamson bearing down, barreling down the floor with Lonzo Ball having the ball in his hand is going to be absolutely horrifying for other teams to have to deal with. Yeah, with Ingram and whoever um, spreading to the wings Jeez. to to shoot. Yeah, it's it's going to be yeah, that's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I yeah, I think it's this is a group where I think they. They they added all this young talent. I I don't I don't think we're gonna see much Alexander Walker this year because no. I think you've you've got Lonzo, you've got Holiday, you've got um Frank you've Jackson. got Frank Jackson yeah. who who they still like you know hold over there as well. But that's fine. So he plays in the G League and you know builds it up from there in the G League. Yeah. Let's talk about the veterans that they added: Derek Favors and JJ Redick. Two again home run additions. Favors can be that big to play alongside Lonzo or uh, Zion rather mm-hmm. in the in the initial I expect that'll be the starting you know, show the five ropes. that's it yes yeah, show him some stuff then if Hayes is the guy who comes in if it's Okafor who comes in God, they still whoever, have Julio Okafor yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Julio Okafor man and he's not bad he wasn't bad he last was year. fine for them last year yeah. yeah he did a lot of really good things um you know especially for a guy who's on the minimum and, and I really like Kenrich Williams I think he's another guy, good quality player um, there. And it, now you're starting to see why they waived Christian Wood because yep. it was such a loaded front court. Right. Um, you know, but I think Favors is going to be good. And then Redick, you can't underestimate how important it is. I heard this all the time. It was like talking about sometimes having a good closer on a on a young baseball team really right. matters because you can't go into the ninth inning and continually blow wins. Because it, it just destroys guys. Yeah. And it's it, it's like they say, giving veteran receivers in football to a young quarterback, if he puts the ball in the right place, they're going to catch it. Well, you don't want to have Lonzo Ball, Alexander Walker, Frank Jackson is not super established, making plays, even Brandon Ingram to some extent, kicking it out, and the shot never goes in. With Redick, you know that's going to that's gonna be fine. And then you've got Holiday, you got each one more, holdover. This team has really just kind of ridiculous depth for a yep. team that's rebuilding because it's it might not be great and we'll get into their wins here in just a couple minutes but it's going to be a team that i think even when they have those invariable injuries that crop up and guys need to miss a week or two 
they're not going to what they had to the last few years, no. which was I don't know if that guy's an NBA player. These guys, they've got 10, 12 NBA players easy right. on this roster. And that's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. They've got plenty of depth, and, and because of that, I think they're going to turbocharge their defense. They're going to they're going to be yeah. looking for hustle because they know they've got guys who can come off as soon as somebody gets tired. They've got another guy who can come back in for them. Um, yeah, I don't think a lot of guys on this team are going to play more than 25 minutes a night. Yeah. I think they're really going to – which is fine because I think guys like Holiday and Reddick, that's going to be really important to right. keep them fresh. And, and Favors, is he's starting to hit that point in his career as well. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about that over under there. Let's dive into that. Yeah. So last year, thirty three wins. That's a little probably overstated. I think they, um, you know, they they weren't that good. The they, David, they but the, yeah, thing they started off hot. Yeah, they, they did. Yep, they, they were fine early, and then it all kind of went to crap right. from there. This year's thirty eight point five. So I'm going under. Yeah. Because I think that they're a 35 or 36, mm-hmm. maybe 37 win team this season. But I think this is the last year they're not in they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, now they're going to be that team, just write them in, and it's going to be where you're putting them one through five um, after this year. I'm a huge, huge Zion guy. I think he's going to be great. I know there's people who have doubts and there's people who say he's too fat and all this other stuff. He's going to be awesome. I have yeah. no no doubt in my mind. As long as he stays healthy, but he's, he's going to be good. Yep, he's a rookie. They do have injury concerns, and they're relying so much on young guys. I think this is the year everybody gets there. You figure it all out. Figure out of all these young guys who are the keepers, who are the ones you're moving on from. Let's get this all put together, and then next year is the year it takes off. So I think they're going to be a little bit under just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that uh, this team, I'm right there with you. I'm going to take the under as well just because I think you've got so many new faces coming in, some guys who weren't able to fully compete over the summer. That's going to create some speed bumps early on. But uh, I agree. I think this team's got uh, got some really high potential here. Uh, Drew Holiday is really, really, really good. He and and veterans like Derek Favors, J.J. Redick, they're going to keep them from being a terrible team, yeah. but they can be a, a pretty good team. So I, I'm right there with you. I think 35, 36 wins uh, with potential for it to be higher if everything breaks just right for them. Yeah, if everything goes right, this is a 44, 45 mm-hmm. win team and they're they're in the playoffs. And another team, I don't, I think their ceiling is much, much higher. I don't yeah. think their floor is really any lower than, than what I just said, 35, 36. I think that that's the absolute lowest. I can see this team being that, that classic young team where they're right in the game and then they lose it in the last two minutes. Yep. They, they fumble it away. Sure. And it's going to be all those things where it's, all right, next time. Zion will catch that pass or Zion will make the right read or, you know, uh, Lonzo will hit that shot or whatever the case may be. And there we go. So, yeah, it's uh, they Yeah. I don't think they, they they get there this year, but I think it will be, you know, I think they're 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 going to be be fun. You know, no doubt they're going right. to be somebody. It's funny. Somebody said, you didn't put the Pelicans in the, your teams to watch on League Pass. Yeah. And part of it was I was like, well, I did that on the fly. So but my other thing was. I don't know. They're not going to be on League Pass that much. They get a ton of national TV yeah, games. That's so, true. <laughs> so to, tune in. This They're is going to be fun to watch. Like, yeah. yeah, they should be. They, they they really should be. I mean, getting opening – no, it's not opening night. Set. No, it is opening yeah, night, Yeah, opening right? night. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That That's a little – come on. What yeah. are we doing? But but everybody wants to see the new toy. Everybody wants yeah, to see Zion. So, yep. All right. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs uh, down. Clearly. Double thumbs Obvious, up. Obviously, yeah. You know, no, no question. Yeah, not even. 
close. Uh, some of it by their own doing, some of it by lottery luck, but yep. they, it all counts. So, so yeah, big, big time there. Um, all right, you want to do the – Let's the, spin the wheel. All right, let's see. Where we go? I know you're. I know you got a rooting interest this time. <laughs> All right. Oh man, coming up, Trevor. The Lakers. It's gonna be Spurs. my week. It's gonna be my week. Lakers, Spurs. Lakers, you had Lakers, Spurs, and Washington Wizards. All right. So this will be our three. Cool for uh, for the next show. Yeah. So we're we're getting down to it, man. We only got twelve left. We're over halfway through. We're flying through uh, it on this. So yeah, we're we're getting there. We're gonna get them all done, uh, one way or another, before yeah. before the uh, start of the season. And then uh, just a couple of people said, "Well, what do you guys? What will you guys do?" Uh, a couple of people reach out and ask, "What well, what are you gonna do in season?" And I said, "Well, in season, the fun thing is we can talk about rotations, like who's yep. in, who's out." Um, I, I kind of told a couple of people, "I'm like, if you're a fantasy player, like, well, we're gonna talk about a lot of different guys in there. We'll talk about injury updates because yep. unfortunately, that's that's all part of it. Um, we'll get into uh, talking about." Um, uh, any transactions, obviously, that happen, we'll, we'll be building up to the temple moments for us in this show of the free agency, or I'm sorry, the NBA trade deadline first, and then free agency in the draft and all those things. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll, there'll be no shortage of topics. We'll be be checking in uh, regularly on teams and everything else that's going on with that. So Yeah, that's and that's a great point. I've, I've been, I tend to look at things through a fantasy lens. I've been playing for almost <laughs> 20 years now. I, I can remember drafting Michael Jordan, so <laughs> let's... Let's put it go. put it in that lens. It was Wizards, Michael Jordan, but still. Um, so yeah, this is um, that's the, what we're going to do during the regular season. And before I forget, guys, those of you out there listening, go rate, review, and subscribe to this show over on iTunes. We love getting all the comments in there. Um, certainly appreciate it. Or I guess I should say Apple Podcasts. But yeah, give us that that five star rating. Toss in a, a review. We read them, and we do. Uh, we will start getting to some of them on the air as well. I'm gonna look. We oh man, we're up to 57. There we go. Now, so we got another three this week. Let's, let's push for triple digits here. Yeah, let's go. Keep 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 those in co- coming in, guys, because those are really really important. Um, and the the ratings are nice, but the reviews also help as well. And uh, you know, to tell us what you don't like as well, because then we can try to try to fix that. And yep. it can't be that that Trevor likes the Lakers and I cover the Celtics because <laughs> that's not can't change those things. Yeah. So, um. And, and and it's it's part of how we make a living. So exactly. unfortunately, you know, unless you want to start paying paying us a lot, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited, man. This is the last show we're gonna do before we have actual preseason basketball. Amazing, we like start this, talking about I real got, basketball man, on the floor. So excited, awesome. yeah. And that's the other cool thing we can. Hey, did you know we noticed this in the preseason? Mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit about it off air before we started about you know people are like, hey, this, these were the starting groups for the first scrimmage of training camp yep. and you know do we get into it and those kind of things those will be all the things we'll break down and, and get into here so you'll you'll be ready to go because let us watch all 30 teams while you're watching your you know favorite team in the big games that, that's what we're going to do so uh you can find me on twitter at keith smith nba you can find the show's account at uh front office show on twitter as well you can find my written work at real gm yahoo sports and celtic specific at celtics blog and there'll be a lot coming out of real gm and yahoo gear very soon i've got a lot of writing to get done for them just a lot of fun stuff all the same sort of stuff we cover here on the show yep and you can find me at trevor underscore lane on twitter at trevor lane nba on instagram and of course you can follow my work at uh, lakersnation.com and you can also subscribe to the lakers nation podcast over on apple podcasts 
So I think that does it for today, Hunky. Huh, I think we're out of here. I think so. Yeah, I think we did it. I'm going to go to bed so I can make a two-hour drive to one soccer game, not even a tournament tomorrow. But it's what we do as dads, right, man? Yep. <laughs> it's, it's what we do. So, yeah, thanks, for everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. See ya.